0: Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for being here today. We're in the third installment in our series that we've entitled Fruit Full. It's our desire that every single person in our church have a year that's filled with the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And if you don't know exactly what that is, well, we're going to unpack that for you today. But God wants us to have the best year we can possibly have. And in order for that to happen we're going to need relationships with other Christians because there are a lot of things that can pull us off track in our lives. And so today I want you to meet Kyle Fisher. He's up here with me and Kyle has joined our staff. He joined our staff a couple of months ago and he we call him our discipleship pastor and that means he assists Shane Seegers uh, in developing small groups, training small group leaders and getting people involved in those things. And, and today we're going to unpack a lot why that's such a big deal to us. But Kyle, what did you hear from uh, Reggie and Donna there? I mean, what excited you about what they
1: said? Yeah, when I first saw the video and heard Reggie mention about how it's not just about getting through another chapter in the Bible. It's like, yeah, being part of Connect Group isn't just about having a checklist where you read a, a couple of verses, give Sunday school answers and you move on. It's about as you work through the scripture, you're able to discuss quality things and have quality relationships. And as Donna mentioned, We're not meant to live life alone. And so what better place to not live life alone and have quality relationships and discussion about Jesus than in a connect group or with other believers? Good. Well, we're going to talk about all this today uh,
0: because, my goodness, we need each other. And the great thing is, is that when we get together and love each other,
1: God will bless us. Why don't you pray for us today? Let's bow our heads. Now, everybody just take a few seconds. Ask God to just open up your heart to hear whatever it is that uh, he's wanting to speak into you. Now as ask you just take a few seconds to pray that John and I will speak exactly what God is wanting to be said this morning. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for being with us in this place. We thank you for the, uh, the worship and the time that we can come together as believers and talk about just who you are and dive into scripture. We pray that you will be glorified this morning and that... Um, as we leave here, whenever we do leave here this morning, that we will not be the same as when we entered. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen.
0: Well, I hope you grabbed some notes on the way in. Point A on your outline is this, that God wants us to live abundant, fruitful lives. Listen to the words of Jesus. In John 10, Jesus said, I've come, they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. And in uh, John 15, 8, he said, this is my Father's glory, to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I mean, sometimes people think, man, if I'm going to be a Christian, uh, well, that's great if I go to heaven someday, but man, while I live here in this world, it is just the worst, most dull, boring, horrible life to live. Nothing could be further from the truth. God wants us to have abundant life and to bear much fruit. And when we're talking about that today, Kyle, it's important to understand abundance. How, how do you define abundance? What, has that, have you experienced abundance in your life?
1: Yeah, you know, as we've been going through this series and just thinking about the idea of abundance, um, a story from uh, my, our oldest daughter, Sutton, kind of came to mind. So our oldest daughter, Sutton, she's five. She'll be five in March. Um, but the story I want to share with you guys dealt with her when she was little. So this is a picture of Sutton when she was just a day old. Uh, if you think she's cute, can you say, aw? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Sutton. Uh, that's our oldest. And there's this moment that uh, I just had this really overwhelming, abundant experience with her. So whenever she was first born, that nurses took Sutton, gave her to Ellen so that they could have that skin to skin contact. And then the nurses were like running around doing like wh- whatever nurses are doing to take care of Ellen. And so I'm literally I'm standing there next to the bed and I'm looking at Ellen and Sutton and I'm looking at the nurses and I'm like, I don't really know what to do. And Ellen looks at me and she says, Kyle, why don't you talk to Sutton? And so I lean down and I say, hey, baby girl. And as soon as I say that, her, her eyes were, and her head was like this, and all of a sudden she goes, and her head turns and her eyes open and she like, looks directly at me. And I know that babies can't necessarily see clearly right when they come, they come out, but it was like our eyes, we just connected in that moment. And I could just tell it was like, she's like, hey, I know that voice. like That's my dad. You know, that's the guy I've been hearing talk nonstop for the past 10 months. And, <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, that's my baby girl. And I was just overwhelmed with this abundance of love that I'd never experienced before. Like this love that I I just didn't know what to do with. I didn't know how to fully explain this feeling of just protection and joy over her. And it was something that I truly never experienced. And it was like such an abundance of emotion. I honestly didn't know what to do with it or how to really explain it to people when when it was over.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and it was something you didn't expect. I mean, what happens sometimes is that um, people join a small group and they go, Oh, I'll give it a shot, but you know, it's just going to be lame. Okay, this isn't going to be any good. And then I meet them a couple of months later, and they tell me the best friends they've ever made are in this small group. Like, this has been life-changing. They've never, ever had relationships like this, and they're shocked. I mean, so, like, this was a shocking thing to you when you Experience the love of your child for the first time, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. It's like, so like I, I love my wife and I love my dog and I love pizza. It's, so it's okay, like I know wait, what love okay, is, right. is, is hey, like. <laughs> Let me clarify.
0: Uh, we're going to work with him about that presentation at that point, wherever this is going. Okay. Uh, no, but the, the whole idea is that. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about not putting loving your dog and pizza in the same sentence with loving your wife. Anyway, we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, but no, but it was like, I, I, I knew all the realms of love, I thought, you know, and like all the things you experience with love. And then when Sutton was born, i looking in her eyes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never experienced this before. And I just was so overwhelmed by it. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I love my wife and my dog, but it's not, it's not the same. I know. I, okay. Okay, we'll, we'll move on. We'll yeah, move on. Please. Move on. We're, yeah. we're going way past that. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah. anyway. Uh, Hey, but I want to remind us, too, that when we talk about that God wants us to bear much fruit and have abundance in our lives, the fruit that he's talking about isn't just isn't like success and fame and tons of money. Uh, the kind of fruit that God wants us to bear is godly character. Listen to what Galatians 5, Paul defines this. He says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So when we're talking about having a fruitful year, here's what we're talking about. Being filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, that's something. I mean, think if at the end of this year I had much more patience than I've ever had before. God wants that for you. Think if at the end of this year I had joy. I mean, you may have been through a year last year where it was a hard year and you go, I can't imagine being joyful. What if you were full of joy this year? This is what God wants for his children. I mean, you've experienced this in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever I see the fruits of the Spirit, like something that comes to mind is this, the word peace. Because uh, I'm, I'm not na- like a naturally like an ang- anxious person, but I am an antsy person. Like I like to go, I like to do things, I get fidgety. Like. And so whenever hard things are going on, I like to be like, okay, let's, let's take care of this. Like there's not necessarily naturally just peace sitting there. And so one of the things I've had to realize, especially the past few years, going through things with... Uh, just in family, in marriage, in life, in ministry. Man, I I have to keep going, coming to God over and over again in order to like experience this fruitful peace that he talks about. And and as I begin to then experience that peace more and more, I begin to just have this sense of calmness that hey, God's got this. It's going to be okay. God, God is in control. And that fruit naturally like wasn't necessarily there, but I've seen God really grow and develop that over time to where it just kind of more overflows in my life than it did before.
0: Yeah, and the key to doing that, what Kyle's talking about, is remaining connected to Jesus. If you and I walk through an orchard and we see an apple tree and there's a storm, a storm has blown a limb off the tree and it's laying on the ground, we don't go up there and go, I wonder if that branch is still gonna produce fruit this year. We go, no, why not? Because it's not connected to the tree anymore. It's gonna die. Uh, It's cut off from the source of everything that's good. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Any more than an apple tree branch can produce apples on its own. It can't. And so he says, you gotta remain connected to me. And remaining is defined as abiding, dwelling, just staying connected. And the good news is, Kyle, I don't have to muster that up I just have to abide.
1: Yeah, you know, as we were talking back and forth about this, Philippians 4 scripture actually came to mind. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read it to y'all. It's not in your bulletin, uh, but if you're taking notes, you can write down, Philippians 4, six through seven. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And just like I said, me not being a naturally just a peaceful person, me, I'm realizing, wait, God wants me to stay connected to him by coming to him with my problems and requests and with thankfulness. And through that, I'm going to experience this peace that surpasses all understanding. Like that, that is abundance when you, you can't really fully explain it. And so as I've, over the past few years, continued to pray this verse over and over again and begin to experience that peace, I, real, I realized the, the truth in, man, remaining connected to Jesus is coming to Him with your problems and thankfulness, and you're gonna experience it. You just gotta come to Him. Here's another way to look
0: at it. Jeremiah 17. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They're like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees aren't bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. I mean, if I stay connected to Jesus, I mean, you understand, Jesus is the source of life. The source of truth. The source of all that is. So, if I stay connected to Jesus, the patience of Jesus is what comes into my heart. And I'm more patient. When... I stay connected to Jesus, the peace that you're talking about, that's what is in my heart. I can have the peace of Jesus in my heart. So all I need to do is stay connected. But that brings us to the next point. Unfortunately, remaining connected is really hard to do. This is why we're talking about we need each other on this because remaining connected is the whole trick. That's the hard part. Here are a couple of reasons why. First of all, the world offers us lots of other options. We need to stay connected to Jesus to have love and joy and peace. But our whole culture, I mean, when you start thinking about things, and this is all around the world, it's not just in America, but all around the world, we, we value things and we say, hey, if I just have more stuff, if I just have more fame, if I just have more power, if I'm more beautiful, if I have more entertainment, more pleasure, whatever it is, if I spend my time on that, that's going to truly fulfill me even though we know it's not true. We see the wreckage all around us. This is what John, one of Jesus disciples wrote late in his life. He said, don't love the world or the things it offers you. When you love the world, you don't have the love of the father in you. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see, the pride in our achievements and possessions. These aren't from the father, but they're from this world. And if I choose to spend all my time trying to get that, rather than stay attached to jesus well i might have the pleasure for a season or fame for a season but it, it won't fill me with godly character it won't fill me with love and joy and peace i mean jesus said i'm going to give you something the world can't give you i'm going to give you my peace world can't give it because the world doesn't know where to find it and that's true but kyle it's not just things even that are obviously things that pull us away from god sometimes we can uh not have good connection to Jesus because we're busy we're just too busy right
1: yeah yeah absolutely like you said like people can focus so much on the negative things or sinful things that make it difficult to stay connected and we'll ignore there's a lot of good things that make it difficult to stay connected to Jesus we can get so distracted doing all the good things for Jesus instead of doing the best thing that he actually wants us to do Um, and so if you look at like today's scripture Luke 10 it says here that as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. And so... As I mentioned a, a few minutes ago like I'm in I could be like an antsy like do one constantly do stuff type of person mm. and when I, when I was a kid we went we went on these vacations and we would just do stuff non-stop like it, it was like it wasn't a vacation it wasn't a time of rest and as an adult I'd be like mom why like when we went on vacation why do we not ever just hang out on the beach and she said well Kyle you couldn't sit still for five minutes <laughs> and you would get bored and we so we had to keep entertaining you and finding things to, to keep you busy. And that's even like now triggering into my adult life where if I'm not careful, I mean, I can give you a list of good ministry things that I could be doing. And then if I'm being honest with myself, though, I'm probably neglecting the best thing that God actually wants me to do in the moment. And so if we're not careful, we can just fall into this trap of getting too busy with a bunch of good things. Yeah,
0: I mean, and Kyle, when, when we're reading over this story, it's really interesting, I don't know if you noticed this, when Jesus and the disciples came into the village, it was Martha who, welcomed, who opened the door and said, hey,
1: come on in. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, it's, it's kind of like what we do a lot of times. We'll say, I invited Jesus into my heart. And then we get ourselves busy with a lot of things and then completely neglect and ignore our walk with Christ. And then we wonder why we're not fruitful and why we're not feeling this abundance that we're talking about in this series. Well, maybe it's because we did the inviting into our heart, but we didn't do the merry part of actually taking time to sit at Jesus' feet.
0: Yeah, so think about where we've come so far today. God wants us to have abundant, fruitful lives. He does, to bear much fruit. That fruit is the character of Jesus himself. Love and joy and peace and patience, gentleness, kindness, the faithfulness, all those things. But the, And the key to that is just remaining connected to him. But the devil is constantly going to pull us toward other things. Our whole world system is designed to pull us to things that are more appealing. The Christian life is lame. You got to go after this. Or even when we get around good activities. I mean, there's nothing wrong with big dinners.
1: I love big dinners. Oh yeah. I mean, I love me a good buffet. There you go. So, (laughs) but, but the whole
0: thing is you love a good big dinner. So it wasn't like Martha was out selling drugs. Okay. Martha was trying to do something good, but Man, what if the important thing is to stay connected? Wouldn't it be great if there were people who could help us do that? Well, there are. And that's point D. Spending time with God's people is vital to staying connected to Jesus and bearing much fruit. You know who the people are who can help each other do that? Look around the room. Take a look. Dude, look around the room. You go, John, I was with you till that. These look like a bunch of ordinary people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We are a bunch of ordinary people, but you know what? God's Holy Spirit is inside of us, and He has brought us together, and He will enable us to do a better job of staying connected to Him if we stick together than if we try to do it on our own. It's true. Here are a couple of reasons why. Number one, we can help each other. We can help each other. It might mean we help each other go through a difficult loss, it might mean we help somebody move a couch. Might mean we watch their house while they're on vacation. It might mean that we get them their first Bible. I don't know. Listen to what it says. Uh, this is Solomon talking about this, Ecclesiastes 4. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. One person falls, well, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls when they're alone, who falls alone, is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back-to-back back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Man, this is important. I mean, and Kyle, sometimes it's just, even being around people, you don't even realize how much they can help until you get involved, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm back, so back at our old church, uh, we, we called our connect groups life groups, and Ellen and I were part of one of a bunch of young married couples and there, I remember we were at our house meeting and there is this one couple that started talking about an argument they had gotten into recently and then how they were working through it. And I remember, I remember sitting there hearing them tell this story and I thought, oh, my gosh, Ellen and I just got into that same argument. And then it was like this light bulb clicked of like, oh, we're not the only one with marriage problems. Like we're not the only ones who have issues and problems in our life. I'm not the only person who struggles with sin and has problems. I'm like, man, why do I need to walk around like I'm the only one with my problems when instead I could be talking to my other fellow believers in my life group and people that I'm close with and, and begin to get help from them and advice from them and then vice versa. They can come to me and I can give them help and advice as well.
0: Yeah, we can help each other. I mean, anybody ever ask you, hey, give me one good reason I should go to church. Well, we can help each other. Secondly, we can encourage each other. I mean, sometimes I don't need advice or direction. You know what I need? I need courage. I know I need to apologize. Oh, but I don't want to do it. And I need encouragement. So do you. We get to those places. Or other times, I don't need encouragement to go do something. I need encouragement because I'm going through something. I mean, a really hard time. And it feels like God's just forgotten me. Something like that must have been going on in Thessalonica when Paul wrote these words. This is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We sent Timothy. Paul had just been there a few months before, by the way. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker, in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. I mean, the devil can distract us into all kinds of things we don't need to be thinking about. If he can't get us into sinful things, he'll get us so busy we can't do the good things. That's all true. But another thing he loves to play a trick on our minds about is this. If you go through hard times, God's either forgotten you or you've done something terribly wrong. Because the only way God can teach us is through the Bible, never through trials. Even though the Bible tells us that God uses trials to teach us all the time. Do you know that a big part of Christian encouragement when people are going through trials, is to remind people just like the scripture does and to quote those scriptures again. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. These are for the perfecting of your faith so you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's James 1. This is important for us. And how encouraging is that? Because I've been sitting home in despair. Oh, I'll never get out of this. God's forgotten me. This can't be right. I must have done something wrong. No, we sent Timothy to you to remind you that's the farthest thing from the truth. Hang in there. Wow, that's encouraging. And Kyle, this is something we don't need to do just once.
1: Yeah, yeah. because if you look at the next verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it tells us to encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Uh, So when we were talking about this and look at the scripture, I kind of so I like to geek out a little bit on like word study. And so I went and looked up the look up the word build, which doesn't seem to be that incredible of a word. But when you look up this phrase, that whole build each other up in the Greek, what it's actually uh, talking about is building a house or repairing a house. And when you think about when somebody's building a house, is it done in one day? No. It takes days, weeks, months to build a house. And so what Paul is trying to get across to the church at Thessalonica, which is true for us today, is encouraging and building each other up is not just a one day or one time thing. We don't just do that on Sundays. You don't just do that on a Tuesday night with your connect group. It's like, hey, we continue to encourage and build each other up through reaching out to somebody in our connect group we know is struggling on a Thursday morning just to say, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you. Or it's reaching out to them and saying, hey, wanna get coffee on a Monday. It is the continual building and encouraging each other up, not just like a one-time event.
0: Exactly. I mean, so we can help each other, encourage each other. We can teach and counsel each other. I mean, hopefully, there's some things you're learning today by coming to a large group, uh, to a a worship service here today. We're unpacking some truths from the Bible. We go, oh, I'm glad I heard that. But counseling even goes further when we're able to sit down and have interaction, because in counsel, I need to... I can listen to specifically what you need and what do you need to hear? How can I help you? Let the message about Christ in all its fullness, fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. We can counsel each other because sometimes there's advice I can give you on one subject and you can give me advice on something on another subject next week. This is why it's so important. And when we get a group together, one of us will know a lot about this. Another will know a lot about that and We all are stronger because we're meeting together. This is particularly true when we go through a real heartache.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So back in December 2020, Ellen and I we went through a a miscarriage. We we lost our baby, and that was that was like one of the most devastating experiences that that I had. And same same for Ellen as well. Um, You know, she she goes to the the doctor like on Monday or Tuesday of the week because something feels off. Friday morning, we get a phone call that we lost the baby. Uh, and we just, I remember us, we just lay there in bed and just, we just cried together. And uh, it was really hard, but one of the things that honestly did help us get through it is, we had people that we, we talked to about it. Some people from, from friends from church, some fr- friends that we had deep relationships with, and they were able to counsel us. And this counseling thing, it wasn't just a, well, hey, let me help you work through your through your emotions. It was, man, they were a shoulder to cry on. That was their counseling. Hmm. Uh, they, they were somebody that their counseling was um, a phone call in the middle of the week to say, hey, Kyle, I know a lot of times people check on the wife. but I, I, know, I know it's your baby too. Are you okay? And that was, just, that was the counsel. Um, it was sometimes we think teaching and counseling means you got to teach and learn new things. No, this was, man, when you're in dark times, it can be easy to forget like the faithfulness of God. And so we had friends that were sitting there comforting us and they were reminding us that God has a plan and a purpose. So they were teaching us stuff we already knew, but it was stuff that in the moment we were having a hard time holding on to. And so this whole teaching and counseling, man, it is something that we can really help each other with and walk through those dark moments with because uh, something that God really ended up using this mis- miscarriage for, for months down the road, um, was, well, I, actually you know what, I'll read 2 Corinthians 1 through 4 and then I'll connect this together. It says this, it says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So God used believers to comfort, counsel, teach, help Ellen and I. And what began to happen over the next few months is that women started reaching out to Ellen and because they went through a miscarriage or Ellen would hear about somebody that went through a miscarriage and she, and she would go reach out, reach out to the wife and check on them. And it was this whole, full circle of God used people to comfort, teach, and counsel us. And then Ellen was able to go out and do that for other women who were hurting because they had a miscarriage as well. And so this whole idea of having a community and having believers around you, man, it's not just so you can feel the comfort, but it's God wants to take that situation and he wants to use you then to help others feel that comfort and that counsel and that teaching as well.
0: Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, we need to be together uh, with other believers, because sometimes we need help, sometimes we need encouragement, sometimes we need somebody to teach us something, or we need counsel. Other times, we just need to hold each other accountable. <laughs> I know exactly what to do. I've got. To, I've said I'm going to do it. I just need to start. I mean, when are you going to start? Let's go. And I, I don't need anything more than a kick in the pants. And sometimes that's what you you need too a good kick in the pants. Get going. Why are you delaying on this? Let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It's oil on my head. My head will not refuse it. Psalm 141, 5, Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur one another on. Could we say those words together, please? Spur Spur one another on. That means push, get going. I mean, when you have a workout partner,
1: that's what they do for you. They spur you on. I mean, you've had that, right? Yeah. I, yeah. When I first started working out, uh, my, one of my best friends, Mitch, he was, he was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. And so I would started working out with him, and, and he would always say, I'd tell him, hey, I, I got a PR, I lifted a new weight. And he'd always be like, well, why didn't you lift more weight? Or if I was like, hey, I did 20 reps, he'd be like, why did you do 25? Or he'd come up to me and just say, hey, Kyle, you still working out? I'd be like, yeah, I'm still working out. And he'd be like, well, you can't really tell. And like he would, like, he, like, he would have all these jabs at me. And he, I promise he wasn't being a jerk. It was like his way of keeping me accountable, though, because I didn't want to have to see him. And he'd be like, Kyle, why aren't you spending time in the gym? Why are you, why, why are you wasting your health and life away? And I didn't want to have to deal with that. So it would like make, push me to want to go to the gym um, and just kind of push myself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back to the outline. Anyway, uh, yeah.
0: what's fun is that uh, I have a friend, Alan Bailey, he and I have been meeting for over 10 years now. We meet every Friday morning at 7 a.m. We have a list of questions, 10 questions we go through every Friday morning. You read your Bible every day? You spend time in prayer? How's your relationship with your wife and your kids? How are your finances? Have you looked, allowed anything to engage your mind that's stolen your joy? Have you looked at anything that's inappropriate, that's um, off color or dirty or sexually suggestive. All these things. And we go through this questionnaire. I mean, we talk about other things too, but we go through this little question with a little card with 10 questions on it. We had an 11th one a couple of years in. The 11th one was Did you lie to me on any of the answers to the first 10? <laughs> <hand?" laughs> and that was added because we said, Hey, I, I don't want to get by anything here. I want you to push me and push me hard. If being connected to Jesus bears fruit, what part of my life am I okay not being connected in? Why would that be a good idea? Hey, I want fruit, staying connected to Jesus, and all the things on the card help me to stay connected to him if I stay away from those. And his accountability is very important because I'm not about to show up there and tell Alan, oof, I don't wanna hear that. What do you mean you didn't read the Bible every day, pastor man? That's our version of the banter. Anyway, um, (laughs) but the whole idea is I want to be held accountable. I think you do too. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want someone to push you so you'd be spiritually as strong as you could be? No, I'm okay being mediocre. No, you're not. Neither am I. Let's push each other. That's the idea of a small group. By the way. That's the whole idea behind spiritual gifts. They're meant to share. Branches don't bear fruit for themselves, but for others to enjoy. I've brought this up in every message. People talk, I want spiritual fruit in my life. Well, and then it's like, cause that's what I want to be. I want this for myself. I want to be more patient so I can tell everybody I'm more patient or whatever. I want to be more humble so I can tell everybody I'm more humble. It doesn't work that way. Apple trees don't eat apples. Apple trees produce apples for us to enjoy. When God gives me more patience and love and joy, then I can be a better blessing to you and you can be a better blessing to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, God was growing peace inside of me, not just, not just so I could experience God's peace, but so I could speak it out in, into people as well so they can learn like what it means to experience God's peace. Yep. One last point or a couple of points
0: under E here. Building relationships with other Christians takes time and energy, but it's worth it. Now look. I'm not going to kid you. If, if if you're going to be a part of worship here on Sundays and then be part of a small group another time during the week, it's going to take more time. And that's just the way it is. We talked about it before. If if I spend time and resources and focus, and I spend that on getting closer to Jesus, well then I'm going to yield more fruit. If I put my time and focus and resources into getting more money or whatever it is, I may well succeed in that. But that's not eternal, and it's not going to give me the fruit of the Spirit. It's just going to give me more of whatever that is for a few years. So the whole idea is, it's, I want to tell you that these connect groups we have are laboratories for us to put into practice the things we teach on Sundays, the things you read in your Bible every other day. Connect groups are labs. So if, if you're in a college class, like I had chemistry class, there'd be a chem lecture, and they would walk you through different you know, properties of different chemicals and how they interact and things. And then you would have a laboratory class in a literal laboratory where you'd go and you'd conduct some experiments yourself. And then you would understand, no, this isn't just what they're saying in the lecture. This is how it actually works. Well, that's the idea behind a connect group. You'll see Colossians three. Since God chose you to be holy, his holy people, be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, make allowance for each other's faults, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. If you're in a connect group, you're going to be around people you love, but people are people. We're going to offend each other. We're going to forget things. We're going to say things we shouldn't say, do things we shouldn't do. Every now and then, people say, I joined a connect group, and somebody hurt my feelings. What do you say about that? And I go, good for you. Good practice. <laughs> what do you mean? Good practice on working through a problem. I'm terrible at working through problems. I know. We all are. That's why we get in a connect group, so we can learn how to work through problems. It's the safest place you're going to have. I mean, we're all in it together. We acknowledge we're all sinners who need Jesus, right? Well, relationships are messy. Can we say that together? Relationships are messy. They just are now, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche. I had him read that the first two services just because oh, I yeah. loved having him read the two hardest names in the Holy Testament. Yeah, it was okay. terrible. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> now, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, two women. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Sometimes people say things like, no, you know, if people love Jesus, they should never have a disagreement. Well, these two love Jesus. I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me telling others the good news. The Apostle Paul thought that they were believers who worked hard telling people about Jesus. Oh, you mean it's possible for Christians to disagree? Yeah. Duh.
1: Of course it is. Now look, is it worth it? Oh, 100%. Like when I, when I see the point that building relationships with other Christians takes time and energy and it's worth it, talk about this lab stuff and it's messy, for me, though, relationships are, are so worth it. And it's really just because of the things I experience um, with relationships. You know, I, I grew up, if you didn't know, I grew up in Indiana. So when I was 22, I graduated college. When I graduated college, I ended up down in Huntsville, Texas. Um, in Huntsville, Texas, I did not know a single person um, outside of the, the church that hired me to be a part time youth pastor and the, the people that hired me, the person that hired me to be a the part-time food manager for the local homeless shelter. Like outside of that, I didn't have a family member. I didn't know a single soul when I moved to Huntsville. I just simply went there because I knew that's where God was calling me to be. And uh, I remember those first few months being really hard. Uh, There was a lot of lonely nights, uh, nights where I was literally having my face in the carpet and I would just be crying saying, God, like, please take me out of Huntsville, Texas. Like, And not because Texas is a bad state or anything, but I was just like, God, like, I, I want to be with my family and friends in Indiana. God, please take me back to Indiana. And God kept us down there for nine years. And uh, this past October, whenever I moved to Alabama, uh, we were crying because God was calling us to leave Huntsville, Texas. You see, like, the difference here. I was crying asking God to take me away my first few months. And then I was crying because God was calling me away to leave. You know, the only, re- it wasn't because Huntsville is a great city or anything, it's because the relationships and the people that we got to know while we were there. I mean, man, it was, it was the people that walk, helped us walk through the miscarriage, the people that, that helped us have rejoice and to get excited with us whenever we found out that we were pregnant again. Like, like those types of things will happen unless you want to put in the time and the effort of build relationships. Our daughters, we have two girls, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. They didn't have family in Huntsville, but they had, still had countless aunts and uncles and grandparents, people who loved them like they were blood. That does not happen unless you're willing to take in put in the time and the effort and the energy and deal with the messiness and deal with the hard conversations. Um, I know we have some friends from Texas that I visited a couple weekends ago. We have some friends from Texas that are actually here today. We have some friends from Texas that are coming over the next, uh, over the next couple months to come and visit us. People don't drive 10 hours to come visit you if they, if, they, if they don't like you, all right? <laughs> and you, you, don't, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends, right? And so they're choosing to drive 10 hours to see us because of the depth of our relationship and the things that God did. And that didn't happen overnight. It took building. It took time. It took energy. It took effort. It took the messiness. But man, I... Oh, oh you know, guys, I don't know how to tell you how lonely it was. I mean, it was so lonely that I, I would... I would get in my car and I would drive to Walmart and I would walk in through the front doors of Walmart and I would look around and see people and go, oh. because I'm an extrovert and I love people. I went to Walmart to try to find people, guys. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> and so that's why I'm telling you, like, man, is, is it worth it? Golly, it, oh, yeah. It's, I know it's, it sounds depressing and it kind of was, but I can laugh about it now. <laughs> you know, but, but, it, but it is so worth it because the, the struggles of, like some of deep relationships way outweighs the feeling of loneliness. And that's not how God created us to be. Yeah. If you work at Walmart, <laughs> that's not a knock on you, I promise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're right. moving on. All Last right. point. Okay. Right. The, most <laughs> the most powerful
0: demonstration of our new life in Jesus, our new life in Christ is our love for each other. Kyle, would you read that, that verse from John 13, please?
1: Yeah, it says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what's attractive? I mean, when you hear about friends that drive 10 hours, you go, oh, I want friends like that. When you hear about an accountability partner who will call me out, oh, I want that. When you hear about somebody who's going to advise you when you've been through a terrible heartache and they'll stand by you, oh, I want that. Well, that's our love for each other. And that's what God wants all of us to experience. The best way we know how to do that is to help you find a small group. And Kyle, I mean, after the service here, people can go find one, right?
1: Yeah, so this is like our on-ramp time for our connect groups. So in the community rooms, we have a number of our connect groups that kind of have this information about when they meet, where they meet, that kind of thing. And so if you are sitting in here and you're thinking, man, I want to get a part of a connect group. I want to, I'm lonely, and I want to experience what you experienced in Huntsville, Texas. So let's go to the community room after service and uh, try, try to find a connect group to plug in. If you struggle with finding one, come find me. All right, come talk to me. I would love to help you get connected in. Because like I said, I've seen God change my family's life through having relationships with people. And I would love to see God do the same thing in yours. All right, so let's review where we've come today. God wants us all to have a year that is filled
0: with abundance and much fruit. The fruit he wants to give us is the character of Jesus. Love and joy and peace and patience, all those things. To do that, we gotta stay connected. All kinds of things in our world and our culture are gonna try to get us connected to something else. If we're not careful, we can get busy and connect to the wrong things, good things instead of great things, the best thing. Top of that, if we try to go it alone, we're never going to make it. But we can help each other. We can encourage each other. Man, we can build each other up, pray for each other, hold each other accountable, teach and counsel. But the whole thing is we've got to be a part of a small group where that can happen so we can get to know each other.
1: Kyle, would you pray that God would help us do that? Absolutely. God, thank you for uh, this time that we've been able to have together. And God, I pray that uh, we will open up our hearts to be willing to just build deep relationships with people, whether messy, whether it requires just being vulnerable, whether it requires just having hard conversations. Um, but maybe also remember that we can have great community just having fun together and having joyful times and moments as well. So God, maybe we willing to open our hearts to what it is you want to do and to the people you want to plug us in with. God, I pray that if anybody in this room is feeling that loneliness, that you will provide them to the connect group. And that if anybody here is in a connect group and they know there's somebody around them that is feeling that loneliness, that they will be one to reach out to them and say, hey, why don't you come and be a part of what we're doing here? Why don't you come meet some friends, build some relationships? God, I pray that uh, what, what we talked about this morning will not return void and that we will truly leave here changed, ready to just invest in one another and disciple each other and glorify you in the process. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.